How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Nightingale. Super humbling to be here, and I'm excited about putting our best foot forward, and we're going to get Spartan Hockey back to where it belongs, and that's at the top of college hockey. Thank you. Go Green. Obviously, you've had a great coaching career already. The first question is probably the most obvious, the most simple. Why was this the right job at the right time for you? You know, I, I think um, I, I've always been a guy that tries to be where my feet are at, you know, and I, I, I don't think I did a great job as a player with it, and, and you're always looking to what's next. And so when I got into coaching, I just, just kind of, I, I like helping people get better. I like being part of a team. Um, and so... But then when it opened up, you know, I, I think Michigan State is, is a really unique university. And, and you know, I've always said it's, it's not where you're at, it's, it's who you're with. And I think that's what really makes um, Michigan State special is the people, the, the, the athletic department, the students, the faculty, the East Lansing community. Um, it's, it's a special spot and, and one that I, I want to I move my family to. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you are watching Inside the Locker Room. I am your co-host, Brian Mosalem, along with my co-host, Jason Strayhorn, the Honorable, and a special guest tonight in studio, co-hosting the show, one, Matt Sheehan, host of Locked On Spartans. How you doing, Matt? Uh, great. Nick Saban last week, me this week. That What a downgrade that is. That, that, very hard-pressed to find. I, a yeah, steeper I, if I ask many Spartans, I think they would disagree, right, Jason? What do you think? Absolutely. No, no, this is a definite upgrade from last week. Oh, I'll just leave the show right now. This is great. I've heard everything I wanted to hear, so perfect. <laughs> Thanks, well, guys. Well, we got a very special guest tonight, um, one who we, we believe is uh, the one to turn around our hockey program and build our program from the, the, the ground back up. As you know, Michigan State's had uh, tremendous Tremendous tradition as it relates to hockey. I remember when we had hundreds of consecutive sellouts. I believe in, even this past year we're seventh in the country in attendance. And, and so the great tradition of this program, we finally welcome back one of our own. Yeah. Uh, coach, uh, welcome to the show, Coach Adam Nightingale, MSU's new hockey coach. How you doing, Coach? Great, great. Thanks for having me, guys. We're, we are very excited to have you. Very excited to have you back home. I know many of the former players you know, guys from my generation, especially young, you know, I'm talking the Rem Murrays and Steve Gowalas and Anson Carters, and yeah. we can go back back to my time. But, but when I talk to many of the former players, they're extremely excited to have you um, I'm, I'm back part of the program. So uh, we can't wait for you to get going. How's it been on your first few days on the job, drinking out of a fire hose? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It's been great, though. And I tell you, that's... You find out quick, you know, you knew, I knew when I was a player and then when I worked here, like special people that worked here and everyone's been so willing to help. Um, it's all hands on deck and got 100% support. And, you know, anytime there's a change with the coach, there's, there's you know, different people trying to figure out that where they sit with them, just the patience from everyone. So, yeah, everything's everything's been great. You know, um, I, I will say that uh, the great tradition that we had and the expectation um, obviously is there. And, uh you know, when you talk to a lot of the former players, 
they just rave and rave and rave. I remember doing this whole process. I, I mean, I probably got 30 phone calls as if I had something to do with it. You know, uh, Adam Nightingale, Adam Nightingale, Adam Nightingale. And uh, we're, we're, we're very, very happy to have you here. And, uh, you know, I, I want to ask you something. I mean, obviously, one of the biggest roles in, in any, any college sport is recruiting. You know, we're football guys. Jason and I played in the, in the, in the late ni early 90s, some of us mid-90s. Um, how does uh, recruiting college hockey players differ than how is it different than recruiting basketball and football well i mean i think there's certainly a lot of similarities in that you know you got to identify the, the type of player you want and i think that's important you know for any sport is you know you got to you got to identify players that fit into the identity of, of how you want to play as a team but with regards to hockey you know i, I think the, the one dynamic that's maybe different than other sports is uh, the family advisor side and, and, and understanding that i think uh the family advisors that they, they do a great job and but they identify these kids at a young age maybe 14 15 and so they're starting to advise the family on decisions and, and the, you know the family advisor eventually gets paid when the player gets paid so they're gonna they're gonna look for schools where they feel like their player is gonna develop you know and I think it's really important uh, for us at Michigan State to be a spot where we're known for developing high-end talent and developing guys that play in the National Hockey League and, and have an open line of communication with the advisors um, certainly, certainly not that they have free reign, but the, the goal is the same. Is we want the player to be great, so our team's great, and they want the player to be great, so they can make it to the National Hockey League. So I think that is the interesting dynamic with hockey, and um, I feel fortunate the spots I've been, um, like just when I was just with the national team, and we had, we had nine kids rated in the first round in this year's draft, and so you're 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 dealing with a lot of the top ones, and I feel like I've, I've been able to establish good relationships where. Those guys trust me with, to be honest with them, to be uh, transparent, and, and also my best interest is, is for their player to help them get better. Uh, Coach, before I get my question off, hey, congrats and welcome home. Uh, super thrilled to have you back in East Lansing. Um, what a family business that you guys have going, by the way. You know, all you guys are obviously from Hockey Hotbed, Sheboygan, Michigan. Uh, and your brothers, uh, Jason, he's assistant director, amateur scouting over at Buffalo. Your brother, Jared, assistant coach, Rockford Ice Hogs. How special is it just to make hockey coaching really the, the family business that you guys have made it? Yeah, I mean, I would have never guessed, you know, I think <laughs> we've grown up in Sheboygan, you alluded to it. I mean, an unbelievable town, unbelievable community, unbelievable people. I think at the end of the day, we had parents that uh, they both were college athletes, but never played hockey. And they, they knew, saw quick that my brothers and I had a passion for the sport of hockey. And, um, you know, they had to search out and, and seek advice from people on how, you know, how to pursue that passion. And we moved away from home at a young age and we were influenced by some really good people and um, kind of found our way. And then kind of just kept you know, playing. Eventually we got to college, played a little bit of pro and, um, yeah, and I think it's just it's just kind of in our blood. You know, hockey's one of those sports, much like you know sports, you know football or whatever it is. Your passion is once it's in your blood, it's not coming out. So, um, I, I did. I was out of hockey for one year and then um, got into coaching. My younger brother played for about, gosh, he played about 600 games in the minors, and and then he got into coaching. And then my older brother was in coaching for a little bit, and uh, actually at Notre Dame and. He's got a math background, like aerospace engineering. He's the smart one in the family. <laughs> he wrote an algorithm for player evaluation. And wow. Assigned, yeah, signed him, and then eventually he's morphed into scouting. So, yeah, super thankful to, you know, I really don't, you know, it's, it's kind of cliche, but I, I, I don't think any of us feel like we've ever worked a day in our life, and I'm real fortunate about that. Hmm. 
That's awesome, Coach. And, yeah. You know, and again, uh, welcome, welcome home. Welcome back to Michigan State University. Thank Coach, you. I've got two questions for you. Number one, for me, I know you've trained a lot of young hockey players. Going back to your days at, you know, Chautauqua, St. Mary's, back in Minnesota, as well as the U.S. national team, uh, professional ranks uh, with the Sabres and Red Wings. What? are some things from those stops that you've made along the way that are key core values that you're going to bring to the program at Michigan State? Yeah, no. First question. That's one thing I feel fortunate, like my breadth of experience, you know, and I've said I'm never going to claim to be a perfect coach. I'm a coach that's constantly growing and trying to get better. But, you know, I think when you're talking about development, um, you know, I coach the best 14-year-olds in the world all the way mm. up to the National Hockey League. And I think I know – I know what the best 14-year-old looks like. Um, I know what the best 16-year-old looks like. And, and, again, all the way up to the National Hockey League. So that, I'm super lucky to have that experience. And I think, too, when I – you know, you start out in coaching, um, it's really important to have really good mentors. You know, and when I got to Shattuck, you know, Tom Ward is, is the best coach I've ever been around. He's a fundamentally-based coach. Um, it wasn't about any frills. It was about lots of sweat and, and work and, and lots of teaching. Um, so I think all that, and I think it's really helped me form my kind of opinion. One, how I, I really feel the game should be played to have success both development-wise and winning hockey games. And then I think in the player identification, like I, I really believe there's three things. Um, and I really felt this way once I got to the National Hockey League, but three things that really separate players would be hockey sense, uh, competitiveness, and athleticism. And, you know, I always tell people, like, when I worked in the NHL, we never sent a guy down to the American League because he couldn't take a one-timer or couldn't take a slap shot. or It was either it was a hockey sense issue, the game happened too fast, he maybe wasn't as competitive as he needed to be and maybe overwhelmed. And then, you know, the athleticism piece is huge. And some of that is 100% is God-given. Um, but I also think you can, you can uh, conquer some of those in the weight room. And so really those three things after my journey through hockey is, is, is what I value in player, what we'll be looking for guys at Michigan State. Can I tell you, Coach? I tell you. that. My second, my, hold on. My second question, real quick, Coach. You you mentioned mentors along the way, and in the opening interview, we saw that you had you used a statement that you tried to be a coach that was always where your feet are at during your career. Mm. Now I heard that statement for the first time in my life from one Nick Saban this Bingo. summer, this past summer. Be where your feet are at. Now, it, where did you get that statement from? And is, is that something in the hockey world that you heard from one of your mentors? Or is that a Nick Saban deal? I don't know. Or, or did you yeah, steal that no. off our podcast last week, Coach? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, you know what? I would say it's learned through, I did a poor job of it as a player. You know, I think when you're playing, you're competitive. And I, you guys could probably appreciate this. You're always kind of like, you know, when I was playing Bantam, I couldn't wait to play midget. When I was playing midget, I couldn't wait to play junior. When I was playing junior, I couldn't wait to get to college. When I was playing college, I couldn't wait to get to pro. Um, and you're always chasing that next thing in your mind. And then I got into coaching. Like, I never really I, I never really had, a, like, a coaching goal. I told myself, you know what, and I love I don't, I don't really get any more satisfaction to coach with 14-year-olds as I did when I was coaching Detroit Red Wings. And I, I think just trying to be where your feet are at, and I think it, especially in coaching – I mean, man, there's so many things that you could be thinking about and even uh, spending time trying to promote yourself, just be great at where you're at. And, and maybe, maybe you end up staying where you're at and that's okay too. And, um, you know, I, I kind of feel like I, I, I got a passion for coaching. I woke up, next thing you know, I'm behind the bench of the Red Wings. 
and I'm coaching the national team, and now I'm here at Michigan State. So I'm going to do the same thing here and, and make sure our players understand that as well. What a resume, I'll tell you. What a resume. But, Coach, really the most important question I can ask you uh, tonight, not only are Spartans, and not fans, Spart there's a difference between Spartans and fans, as we know. Not only are Spartans uh, thirsty for nat natties, they're thirsty for beer. When are we getting beer at Mount Ice? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I, or do I need yeah. to make calls? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have more money Ryan, I. make um, the call. <laughs> it's interesting, you know, I think you're seeing it more, right? And, uh, yeah. In college sports, so certainly, you know, I, that's one thing, the athletic department here, um, you got a lot, of, a lot of smart people that are going to make decisions that are best for the team. They're best for the university, and I'm sure if that's something that they feel is um, important, then we'll, then then it would be something we would <laughs> do. But we I, that's that's at least your concerns right now, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I was just messing with you, but you know, back yeah. back to your pedigree, right? I mean, uh, it's obviously very very impressive. And so when you look at that, and we all know that recruiting is a lifeblood of any program success, and and really the ability to de to develop talent to prepare young players for their lives after college really is also a big piece of what you've signed on to do. Um, you know, just, is there different approaches with, um, with NH NHL caliber prospects um, and someone who may not have the same level of talent? I mean, like, what are, the, what, are, what are some of the important things that you want players to take away from a Michigan State experience? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, I mean, to me, um, I think it's really important that our players know our staff. Like, they see the person first and the player second, regardless if you're a first-round draft pick or, or if you're a guy, that, that you're a guy that's a walk-on that maybe he's not playing that much. I, I, don't, I don't want – you know, that was one thing I was really fortunate growing up. My parents instilled in my brothers and I that, like, when you look – hockey's what you do. It's not who you are. When you look in the mirror, you shouldn't see a hockey player. I shouldn't see a hockey coach. Um, it's, it's a person first. And, mm. you know, I think to your point is, you know, I look back when I was, uh, you know, a student athlete, um, two years later, I was, a, I was a dad and, and it's like, mm. holy cow. Um, I had a lot of maturing to do. Um, and I look back playing for coach Conley and, you know, he didn't, he probably didn't realize it, but I, I did, I did see how he treated his wife. Um, I did see how he treated his family and his family mattered. You know, those things impacted me and, and, he was a great role model in that way. Um, you know, I think perseverance in, in any any athletics. You know, I think those that's something we're all going to face and 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 fighting through adversity. And I think when you have perspective, what true adversity is like. A lot of times in sports, we think, you know, like I haven't scored in four games. The team's lost two. Like, yes, that's tough, um, but that's nowhere near what what a lot of people have like true adversity in their life. So having that perspective to say, hey, this is great. We're going to give it everything we have but there's more to life, more to life than hockey. And Coach, your introductory press conference, I, which, hey, I, I think you aced it. So whatever mm. you want to take away from that, probably Absolutely. not much, but hey, you know, I think you aced it personally. You won it. Yeah, there, there we go. Um, nice. One thing I found interesting, though, is um, your quote about you just want your players to play, not worrying about mistakes. How so? Like, is that just kind of the mindset that you're going to carry throughout the entire program, whether it be during film practice and games, or is this... <laughs> ironed out all in practice really detailed practices or how do you end up at that goal yeah yeah you know i think i think a lot of times players are capable of more than than coaches give them credit you know and i think the last thing we want to do as a coaching staff is 
take the sticks out of their hands and make them feel like they, they can't make a play. And I, I think just the reality of our sport, the sport is so fast right now. Yeah. Um, and mistakes are going to happen, and it's about how you recover. So there's obviously going to be moments in the game that, that we're going to have to teach through that stuff and practice and put game, guys in the game environment where they're, they increase the percentage of making good decisions with the puck or without the puck. Um, but once the game comes, you got to play this game on your toes. You can't, you can't sit back and play um, safe and be and, and cautious and worried about, hey, if, if, I, if I don't, if I don't, uh, if I turn the puck over. And then our job as a coaching staff is when you, when you allow freedom to make a play is to determine whether a player is abusing that freedom. And I think it's a pretty easy thing to pick out when, when a guy's entering the zone and there's nothing, there's no play to be made there, and he's forcing it because he just thinks there's someone there. To me, that's abusing the freedom. If he's got his head up and he's got a guy supporting him and he and he tries to make that play, I, I'm okay with that. But now you got to stop, you got to get back, and you got to recover and, and, and try to try to kill the play. So. I mean, that's, that's the mindset, and when you're talking about development, I really think being in that type of environment is when guys really maximize to the potential. Good deal. Well, Coach, yeah, I got a question for you, Coach. Now, when you talk about the image of the team, I think last year's team, last previous coach's uh, style was more sandpaper, gritty, finish checks and flick, physical will on the opposition. For you, what, what kind of image do you want your team to have? Yeah, I know that's a, um, you know, I'm a big, I, I think identity of your team trumps systems or structures or tactics, you know, and I, I talked about in my press conference, said before, like Coach Izzo's basketball team, I mean, I, I truly believe you could switch, switch the jersey, put them in a gym in the middle of nowhere, and you walk in and watch and say, that's that's Spartan basketball, you know, so having a clear identity, we want to be a team that plays ultra smart, you know, smart with and without the puck. So back to when I talked about having freedom, we want to, we want to make smart decisions. So yes, yes, I don't want to play, the players gripping their stick, but we want we want to play smart. We want to play fast. Like I think speed kills. We're going to train that way. We're going to practice that way, and we're going to play at a pace and recruit players that can play at a fast pace, both with their both with their feet, but also with their mind. I think that's a big part of playing fast is being able to think the game, and then hard. Like I think I do believe our game needs to play be played hard. There is a physical element to it. You need to get to the inside offensively, and you need to make it hard on teams to get to the inside on you and be hard in front of your net. But those would be the three things for me. Like our Spartan hockey identity would be smart, fast, and hard. Smart, fast, and hard. I love it. I love that, that too. Yeah. You know, back to systems. And one question, one more question. We'll let you go. We appreciate you yep. joining us tonight. Joined again by Coach Adam Nightingale, Michigan State's new hockey coach. Um, what system will you run? Um, will you be, you know, defense first, positionally sound, dump and chase, pressure offense? Like, is is it is that something that, you know, you have a certain style that you expect us to play? Yeah, every yeah. Week, every game. For sure, for sure. I think the identity piece, you know, that that would be huge. But I really feel the game is about uh, creating time and space when you have the puck, and then eliminating time and space when you don't. So when we have the puck. It'll be a puck support game where guys are working. I think players get excited about playing that way. The reality is, it's super hard work. It's it, it, to play that way. You have to be in great shape. Uh, you have to you have to train and practice in that environment. So you you can. We want to. You know, I, I've used it with our teams before. Like the puck is gold, and, and it's so hard to get. We won't, don't want to just give it up. And then defensively, um, we want to eliminate time and space and use and, and defend aggressively. So 
you know, when the other team has it, we, we are hunting them down and we are getting the puck back and then now it's, it's back on offense. So um, that would be that would be how I believe the game should be played and how we're going to play here at Michigan State. Well, Coach, we wish you nothing but the best. You know that. And uh, we appreciate you joining us tonight. And if there's, uh, if there's anything that we can do to help you, please let us know. We stand behind you. We're, we're rooting for you. And uh, you work on that recruiting. And I'll, uh, we'll, we'll make some phone calls on that beer over there at Mon Ice. Uh, Mon, that's, right. Good. that's right. Good. Good. Thanks for having thanks, me, Thanks, Coach. Coach, thanks yep. for joining us. Coach Adam, you, coach. appreciate thanks you, lot, coach. coach. Go Green. Thanks, guys, appreciate it. Yep, go Green. Go White. Go White. Coach Adam Nightingale, Michigan State University's hockey coach. And... Uh, you know, Michigan State hockey is interesting because I'll be, the, I don't want to tell him <coughs> this because I was scared, but sure. I'll be the first to admit as a former trustee. I mean, we, you know, will they give him the resources? I'll, I'm, I will yeah. take the blame. I mean, I don't think we provided the resources uh, for, um, you know, for Danton the way, um, you know, the way that uh, I don't, I don't <coughs> think there was, a, there was an emphasis on hockey sure. or the resources were put behind the program. And I'll, I'm, I'm partially to blame for that as well, you know, um, but uh, it is your fault, it is my fault. On to our next topic, and I see we're playing the video already. So, Max Christie. Max Christie heading to the draft. Officially staying in the NBA draft. What are our thoughts on that? I apologize. I thought that video tough had loss. sound. That's why I didn't talk. My bad. No, it, yeah. it, it is a tough loss. Um, but you know what? Right? Because... I. I commented on Unlocked on Spartans the other day, and like, yeah, this is, okay, there's no good way to sugarcoat this. It's a bummer for next year's roster, right? Like, that, that's probably your go-to guy next year. That's now off to the NBA, but hey, let's, let's put on our silver lining hat right now. Pretty good for the program to the sense that this is going to be four of the last five drafts they had a Spartan picked, and then that would make it six players in the last five drafts as well. So, solid for Michigan State, Tom Izzo, to at least pin that in the board right there so yeah you know what today's a new day we're going to be optimistic about this so that's uh, kind of the launching point i mean i want to be op- i want to be optimistic too jason what are your thoughts on this yeah. <clears throat> it's a tough one man you know i i thought that that's a, a young man that's loaded with talent you know he has the pedigree obviously his mother being the all-time leading scorer in northwestern basketball in northwestern basketball history uh i just thought that uh, he was more of a two-and-done type of guy than a one-and-done. I thought that, you know, though he showed flashes, he played a lot. Um, there's definitely – he's NBA capable. I just didn't think – I thought he would be better served, in my opinion, coming back for at least another year at Michigan State. Kind of like what we talked about with Jalen Naylor. Did he get drafted? Yes, he did. But we think that if he comes back one more year, he goes up that draft board. And I think Christie's the kind of guy that's in that same category, that if he comes back to Michigan State for one more year, he's a, a top 15, top 10 type guy. Uh, right now, I don't think he's there, uh, but his heart's in it to go on to the next level. And from that, you got to tip your hat to the young man and thank him for his service, and best of luck to him from here on out. You know, I am um... we'll a fan. Absolutely, be a fan. We wish all Spartans that had that way had declare. We wish them all the best. Right um, but I, um, I called it. I felt a long time ago that he was gone. But uh, what surprised me was didn't he declare um, that he's staying in the draft before the combine even? 
That was interesting. That was an interesting Very. move. Yeah, and I think today, too, it came out that he didn't, like, scrimmage today either. So, like, listen, it's either that he heard something from a team. He didn't scrimmage today either today? I, that, that was the rumor around the NBA mill today is that they had workouts and opportunities, too, and he sat some out. So, like, and that, listen, that could be a turnoff for some teams, but it could also mean that, okay, like, maybe a team saw enough in his shooting form because, listen, the percentages weren't there. I don't think that's a secret, but that he's got the frame – that he could build muscle on, that they can bring in as a two-way guy, developmental guy. Maybe he heard something from an NBA program. I don't know. This is all speculation. This is what I do best, just speculate, Brian. But that's that was a fascinating part of this decision that not even the combine starts, and it's like, y'all be good. But can I just bring up one more silver lining? No, here? bring it. We're buying stock in Jaden Akins. And if you haven't already <laughs> bought it, this means more playing time for Mr. Akins. We're going to the moon with Jaden Akins. Was very high on him as a recruit. I put way too many chips in the basket, but hey, I think this is going to pay dividends now because like what we saw for him last year, I mean, he didn't get like a ton of playing time. Here, let me hold this up for the camera again. This is my great handwriting. Um, it's, yeah, a great spot for Jaden Akins, and he gets to traject upward faster than he would have than he would have as a sixth man. So, I'm trying hard to find exciting things about this, but if there is any, it's that hey, it's more Jaden Aiken's minutes at the three, perhaps at the two in some rotations. So, like, yeah, I, I just, I'm a big Jaden Aiken's guy. So, let's go. There we go. So, I got several texts about Jaden Aiken's day, Jaden Aiken's time. It's funny you say that. Let's go. But, uh, let's go. Did you find his move interesting, Jason, that he entered or declared or stayed in the draft before the combine and then he sat out some of the scrimmaging? Very interesting. Well, you, you know, as you said, you've been talking about this since he flirted with going into pros uh, from day one, Brian. You thought that he was gone. You know, I, I thought that he was a guy that was going to be better served coming back. I do understand that the NBA is a projection league. Yeah. NBA is not about we need you as a finished product. You, you're better served sometimes, in some cases, being raw and young and coming in there and and then, uh, you know, getting on these teams, maybe being a D-League guy, somehow getting back because the money that they're paying these guys with the new TV deals are just astronomical. When you get these Supermax contracts, I mean, it's, un it's unbelievable. So if you're good enough to play on that level, Brian, maybe you must have the inside information from the Christie family or something, his camp. I don't know. No, uh, but it, I thought not. it was interesting that he that you did not. It was just a hunch. I just, I just knew he was gone. You just had an epiphany at 3 a.m. You just, just woke up staring at the ceiling. Knew, I just like, knew he was gone. He's gone. He's out of here. just knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Shoot. But let me ask wow. you a question real quick. I'm a savant. Um, now you made me lose my train oh. of thought. You made me ah, lose shoot. my train of thought. What, um, have, I haven't even seen a mock draft do they have them late second round? What do they have them? So I've seen the highest at 32, and I've seen okay. some at like 39, some at 45. But it seems like that 39 to 45 range is where it's at. And there's more guaranteed money for top 45 picks now. And also sure. they've recently upped the, the contracts for two-way players that bounce between the G League and NBA to the point where two-way players are now getting, I think it's half of the NBA rookie minimum, which is like, it's, it's money. It is United States currency that's mm. not to sneeze at. So it's... Listen, I'm not, I'm, I've been very clear. I'm not jazzed about it. Jason, I'm right on with you. I'm probably right on with you, Brian, that like, I think he could have used a Gary Harris here. Me you too. Know, bump that stock up a little bit, but yeah. I, the money's different now these days, even than it was 
seven years ago now when, when Gary Harris left. So it's it is different. It's good to have first contract out of the way. Right. And if you ride the pine and G League and whatever, who cares? You yeah. know, just get get it out of the way. Um, sure. We wish him nothing but Spartan Nation wishes you nothing nothing but the best, Max, and all all the best. It's Jaden Aiken's time. Let's go, baby. Jaden Aiken's time. Do we got the next header ready. Let's go. There we go. Is the header ready? Do you have the header there as well? Interesting uh, column written yesterday. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Which made us all read and pause, and you know, I think it was on another show where, when you listen to a coach go on about um, NIL and uh, college sports and transfers, you know, you begin. It's a valid question. Um, I personally think he's going to get buried under the Breslin. He's not going anywhere. Sure. That's what I personally think. Sure. But, um, you know, it's, you know, it's, let's read one of his quotes. You know, it's sad. Coach said this during the interview. It's sad what's happened. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This is the first time in my 27 years that I only have 11 guys on scholarship because I don't even know if you can keep 13 happy. Changes to college sports transfer process has dealt a serious blow to accountability, according to Izzo. And that's his biggest concern. What to make of this, folks? Well, hey, Tom Izzo's an open book, right? Like, for better or for worse, he's never one to shy away from answering questions. I, hell, you guys just had him on. Like, you, you know all, all too well about this. But, yeah, he, he was an open book during this interview on, I think it was like 7.30, the game with Tim Stout. And that, that quote encapsulates a lot, right? It, it covers the, the whole NIL portion. Can you keep your players happy in that era? Also, okay, the transfer portal's also exploded, too. And these are topics that he's hit on many a time before. But I think what took us back here it's you know you parlay that it's hard to keep 13 players happy comment but also with like yeah I wanted the world to adjust me not change me I don't know what I'm gonna do I'm, I'm paraphrasing but that was kind of the crux of what he was talking about and then when he says that it's like is is retirement closer for him than we all thought because in years past like anytime a microphone's thrown in his face and asked about retirement it's like I'm as re-energized as ever I'm gonna go until like I'm dead and I still partially believe that, but yeah, those quotes yesterday is the first time where I read it. it's like, oh, is it is is the end near? Is, is this like a Roy Williams, Jay Wright sort of thing where he's just gonna have enough? And so that's one half of my takeaways. But the other half is like, I don't necessarily think he said anything wrong. Like, he, no, no, he didn't, and I agree. Right. And I think um, I think he cares about the overall health of the game. But in a mm -hmm. six second sound bite, I mean, I think it sounds um, right. You know that he's not. Not, yeah, yeah, he's not he's not adjusting to the times. That's the way people are taking it. Sure. And what are your thoughts, Jason? You know, listen, you know, my thoughts on coaches are he's a phenomenal coach. He's done it at every level. He, he's got the I'm on 100 banners at Breslin, you know, 112 like challenging <laughs> coach 112. I like nudging coach because, you know, he likes to poke fun back and forth and you know he, he likes to mix it up he's a fiery guy and you know sometimes you want to challenge him to see if that gets him going because that's what he does with his team that's what he does with everybody around him that if you get to know Tom it's a great guy um, th yeah this is a different new era uh, he sees the, the friends around him you see you know you know from North Carolina and Villanova Duke uh, these, these iconic coaches man and they're all stepping away from the game and he did make the comment in that interview that you were starting to read there, Brian, about it's not by accident. Yes. It's not because they're too old. 
Yes. So, so you, when you're hearing those statements, you know, there's, there's probably a little, you know, there's a, there's some, some doubt going on in his mind. Now, is he up to the challenge? Yes, but Tom Izzo's made a ton of money. Tom Izzo's comfortable. Nobody's got to, he's going to have to prove anything to anybody. He doesn't have to prove anything to me. Damn sure don't have to prove anything to anybody else on, on uh, Michigan State or around the country. He's a Hall of Famer, already in the Hall of Fame. So what, what is there left for him? Because as you said to him on the show, Brian, either you adapt or you die in this new era. This is where we are. Does he want to change? As he mentioned in that article as well on that radio show with Tim Stout, he doesn't want the world to change him. Well, we're at a crossroads right now, and this is what we're dealing with at Spartan mm. Basketball right now. And, and we just have to wait this out and see how the process ends up for Tom Izzo. So, hey, we're just at bay waiting for you, Coach. You let us know, we stand behind you a million percent. Yeah, and I think it doesn't help, too, that, like, these quotes have come in the middle of an offseason that has seen, like, no transfer portal activity, at least incoming to Michigan State. So you read those quotes, it's like, well, am I going to adjust or am I going to change? Am I going to do neither? It's like, well, it's, it's, so far it doesn't seem like we are going to be adjusting here because kind of light on the scholarship players, kind of light in center depth, now wing depth. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I don't think, you know, the timing did any favors as far as what's going on in the transfer portal, but... Yeah, like, Jason, you're, you're bang on. Like, it's he, – he's done everything. He doesn't have anything to prove to anyone. And, listen, I I, I don't want him to leave. Like, I, I would be fine with him, you know, staying for, no. like, a Supreme Court term. Like, yeah. stay as long as you possibly <laughs> want, please. Listen, and I get that this is off the tail end of, like, two seasons that didn't go so great, an off season that's been, depending on who you ask, up or down. But I wouldn't blame him if he walked away, right? Like, because it, it's the two things. It's, like, it's just how fast – this is all happening. This is like something I've paraded, you know, often um, if you're one of the 12 people that's listened to the podcast that I'm on before. You've been, you've been like, this is warp speed. It is. It, it is just so fast. It's not like it was a gradual build-up to NIL, gradual build-up to the transfer portal. It's like he, this guy rolled out of bed one day, and all of a sudden it's, it's the Wild West out there. And that's the other thing. There's no regulation. There's no regulation. None. It's, it is just banana land out there. So it's, it's tough. It is adapt or die, but like, He's been doing this for 27 years. He's been doing great at it for 27 years. And now it's just like this as he's 67 years old, almost three decades of doing this in one way, and now he's got to do it another way. It's like I, if I did it for three years and all of a sudden this happened, I think I would leave my profession. Like he's been doing this for almost three decades. Like I, I wouldn't fault him for it. I wouldn't like say, oh, he's a quitter. Like I'd, I'd be like, no, that's go enjoy your lake house. Go enjoy your money, I mean, please. So, yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. He's not going anywhere. I think, I think intrinsically, now that he's being doubted that he can't adapt, oh. I think that's his new motivation. I like that. I like that. The time that I know. Is that the play? The, just the, 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 the is that I know is irritated that he's being doubted that he can't adapt. Shut he's irritated that exactly. he's worried, exactly. about, worried about the overall future of the game and the overall health of kids making bad decisions and irritated that it's being spun that he's sure. anti-NIL. He was very clear. He said, um, you know, he supports NIL. He yeah. supports, um, he supports uh, uh, um, name, image, and likeness players getting paid that he worries. He wanted guardrails and wanted 
he wanted um you know uh kind of let's look at the totality mm-hmm. of of the whole whole thing and so that's not what's reported because uh, no that doesn't make the headlines no. yeah come on you no. know J- justin thin wrote a great article about yeah. Izzo, and um he he encapsulated a lot of the 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 frustration of the fans with mm-hmm. one one quote where he talked about and I'll, and I'll quote justin he said however the frustration that msu fans have echoed all season is not about whether Izzo, tom Izzo points about the portal and nil are right or wrong as most seem to agree that he is spot on instead the frustration centered around the fact that Izzo seems to be focused on those aforementioned quote-unquote negative byproducts much more than the positives of how these rules can help him as a result Izzo's valid points have begun to hinder his actual roster construction and put his program at a disadvantage when these rule changes really should have provided him the opportunity to step into a level playing field for the first time in his career you know that's that statement and and i and when he was on our show i talked about that i said coach this levels the playing field for you all these other programs that are cheating um this is allows you now to compete with these programs and he agreed and then he went on to talk about the game itself and sure. rant and and so I mean, Justin made a very good point. What are your thoughts on that? Justin's bang on with, with what he wrote. Like, this could level the playing field, everything like that. But, it, yeah, and the offseason is kind of starting to run out a little bit, isn't it? Like, we're not getting any more transfers in the portal. So, where's the communication with that? And NIL, I don't know. Does MSU have any boosters that are into this NIL sort of thing? I don't know. I'm, I'm drawing a blank right here. I'm kind of, <clears throat> I can't, I can't think of any. Yeah, no, I'm, so. I'm drawing massive blanks right here. But... Yeah, I mean, but hey, this this is just what you're talking about, right? People doubting him, and um, you know, just add more fuel to the fire. Like here, look, start like the Twitter clip right now. Okay, I don't think you can do it. I don't think you can That's it. adapt. Uh, I, I think Tom Izzo's done for. Uh, right. There's no shot. Yeah, so yeah, saying. that's right. Put put him out. We to... need Brian to join in with that to try to get, get you know poke some fun at Coach so we can yeah. get him ignited and he can start kicking some ass out here. Stir the pot. Come on, Brian. That's right. Being so nice. Yeah. He's yeah. not gonna fire you, I promise. <laughs> that already happened, so we're, <laughs> we're good. Don't worry about it. We're good. But uh, you know, but I think the fact that he's he's being doubted right now it's irritating, and I think he's just like we talked about. He wears his emotions on his sleeve, and he just oh, yeah. goes on and on and on. And what turns out to be a good point gets turned into our Izzo's days non- numbered. And like, also too, it's like, hey, he's probably saying what hundreds of coaches are thinking too. It's just that. You know, it's either A, they don't talk in front of the microphone as much as Izzo does, or B, like, they just don't want to, you know, put that coach, out there. Like, coach, we love NIL and we love the portal. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and I doubt you. That's right. So let's prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. That, that's it. That's right. There right. we go. When they ask you, Coach, prove all yeah. of us wrong, Coach. That's right. I love NIL and I love the portal. And you're good. Yep. There that's go. it. Bang. On to the next topic here. I think we just solved it. There we we go. did. Nice. MSU football recruits set their official visits. Well, I'll tell you what, what a June. Have we seen a June like this? Huh? Never. Negative. No. <laughs> I, I, in, my, in my lifetime, I have never seen a June like this coming to East Lansing. And I'm talking about, you name it. Uh, when you look at June 3rd, right? The weekend of June 3rd. It's a nice one. It's a oh, nice one. You got, you got two five stars. You got four four stars. 
You got three states being represented. These are kids. Uh, some are currently committed, and some are uh, some are obviously the ones. These are the ones that we want, the ones that we're targeting, and uh, we care very much deep about. And I'm telling you, we have. This is more to talk about the star power coming to East Lansing. Have we ever seen anything like this, Mr. Strayhorn? Minus your son. Never. Never, never. My son's not old enough yet, Brian. So, no, we have never seen anything like this. So many five stars, four stars. I mean, this was at a recent uh, fundraising event with Mel Tucker where he, he made the comment. He said, look, we if, if the kid isn't a, a four or five star player, we don't want him on the board. He's not on our board. We're not calling him. We're not emailing him. We're not texting them. We don't want them in the building. We don't want them anywhere around East Lansing. He says the kids that are coming to East Lansing, that's where he's put his his standard for the coaching staff to go out and recruit. Like, this is why he's cast such a big net across the country, because he's not going to settle, especially in the NIL and the transfer portal era, where we in past years, you know, we've seen recruits where we got to win Michigan, we've got to win Ohio. He's got a totally different philosophy than we've ever seen before. This is a, if you want to win a national title, this is the kind of philosophy that you need to have. And that is, what, what does it take to be in the playoffs, guys? You got to have players. Got to have players. You have to have talent. And he's going out and he's getting it. Never seen anything like this before in East Lansing. You know, you look at June 3rd, right? David Hicks, Vic Butley, Burley, I'm sorry, Madden Sanker, who I know as someone highly coveted uh, Jelani Thurman, Chance Rucker Jalen Braxton, highly coveted all these kids are highly coveted uh, Shamarad Amarov and then two um, two current commits Jonathan Slack and Bo Edmondson that's a great weekend huh? you talk about it right and like listen just with what Jace was straying, sorry Jason Strayhorn was saying like yeah this is how you win national titles with these high rated kids but also like I, I just fall in love to what Georgia did last year and no I'm not just talking about that college football playoff game which was a delightful way to spend the new year um, the trenches holy smokes like all, all that I was just enamored with both games is like the, these are just bison <laughs> in the trenches here and June 3rd what do we got okay we got five star David Hicks okay that's a uh, that's a defensive lineman we got Vic Burley that's a five-star defensive lineman Madden Sanker interior offensive lineman I mean these are all great kids even Madden Sanker okay he's a four-star he's top 100 kid though and like holy smokes like yeah so these are the kind of kids that you want on campus these are the kind of kids that you want committing and so please if any of you are watching I'm, Ju- I'm a very Ju- big fan of yours June 10th please yeah all the all the uh you know Spartan faithful that that looking at maybe prospective NIL deals or some guys that you're going to be wanting to see on Saturday, be around campus on June 3rd. <laughs> Take a look at some of these guys. Take a look, you know, open up your hearts, your minds, and your wallets. Because look, it's all legal now. There's no, no holds barred. Just run it through compliance, sign the contract with the kid. That's, hey, I'm telling you guys, that's what they're doing in Georgia. That's what they're doing in Alabama. That's what they're doing in Texas. So if we want to win in East Lansing, come on in. That's come on do. in. We have to do what we got to do. Amen. Within the rules, Jason. We go right up to the line, Brian. Look, <laughs> luckily we don't work at the university. So <laughs> June 10th, Ryan Yates, Ina Etta. 
Andrew DePape, the Twitter wonder. Yep. Jordan Hall, Jamal Anderson, Kendrick Ruscano, commit. Love him. Clay Whedon, Jaden Bonsu, Terrence Green, Elijah Page. That's the June 10th. Boy, I tell you, mm. seven four stars, six talent, dates. Talent, talent. Friday, June 17. June 17. Miles McVeigh, Peyton Kirkland. Big fella. Trevor Another Luck. Big fella. Two four stars, three states. Look at those three guys. Did you see the size? Go back to that. Go back. Look at the, look at the size of those three. Oh, my goodness gracious. 6'6", <laughs> 358, 6'6", 345, 6'0", oh, the little guy, 6'6", 285. Wow. We're, in Indianapolis, Ron Cowley. Making you, you look skinny. Him when he gets up here. Making, yeah. making you look tiny, <laughs> big fella. Wow. How about you? I mean, you, need, you used to play on that offensive line, two, believe it or not. People don't two, really recognize that. 200 pounds ago? 201.2 today, just so you know. Solid. Thank you. That's solid. Thank for, you. For the record. For the record. Yeah. Amari Washington, Dalen Austin, wow. Joe Crocker, MSU commit Eddie Pleasant on the sorry guys on the twenty fourth. Yeah. Uh Alexander Dost. Um, I'm telling you. Man, oh man, oh man. Transfers are on campus as well. Broussard, Barker, Brian yeah. Green. Yeah, big important pieces too. Very, yeah. very big important pieces. And the way Mel has attacked the portal and the roster of stars coming in June, has there ever been a time to be more excited about MSU football? No, he's going into year three, and I'm still like trying to wrap my head around this. Like that that, that quote that Strayhorn just said about like, listen, we're gunning for five stars and four stars. It's like, I listen, hey, I, I love Mark Antonio like a family member, but like, what a what a far cry from the end of that era this is right now like this is uh uncharted waters right here like i've never really been too like dialed into recruiting i've always followed it of course but it's never like had this like amazing appeal that mel tucker's putting on it for us state fans so I, like i didn't realize football was a 12-month season around here and then it's beautiful I it's love it. great and oh. i mean I love it. I didn't realize what a big business and how important recruiting. I mean, I knew it was important. I never, but just this is, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, this is something that we'll get the experts back on here to break down the tape on each one of these young men later on here. We'll have them, you know, we'll have them host an uh, early show in July, Justin and Corey. And then they, they can, they can talk, talk about recruiting, talk about how June went. That would be absolutely great. Recruiting's everything. It's yeah. everything. Yeah. Talk. Tuck living rent-free in Harbs, Jim Harbaugh's head. Wow. It's true. Why is that? Unbelievable. Reading that and look at that. Read that for us, Matt. Gotcha. Harbaugh reportedly wanted candidates to arrive at their interviews, and by candidates, defensive coordinator candidates, arrive at their interviews with some early game plan thoughts specifically for Michigan State on first and second downs and Ohio State on third downs, according to a story in The Athletic. So I can only imagine those game plans would be having more than seven of your players on the field for first and second down. That would be probably guideline number one to have is that really hasn't happened last two years and number two uh how <laughs> sick at group photos you can be in the middle of a first quarter when we got 50 minutes of game time left to play so that's probably <laughs> probably items number one and two when it comes to hiring defensive coordinators when you're playing and getting beat by michigan state in the last well, two years of mel tucker so yeah I, that's 
Well, that's one of the Chiefs' best graphic about the Michigan coach posing. Uh, yeah, he blocked me on Twitter for some reason. I don't understand why. Okay, we'll get into that. We're gonna we're gonna make another call. We'll, we'll make could. a call. Thank you. Yeah, we'll make that. another call. Good. But, Thank uh, you. But imagine that recruiting. If I'm hey, if I'm Peyton Thorne, I'm pissed. You better recruit against the third down against <laughs> yeah. Michigan State. That's you right. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, Feel slighted. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> what's we'll amazing? In the face. What's amazing <laughs> is how a story get like that gets out there. Huh? Oh yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. I can find bulletin board oh, yeah. material anywhere. Yeah, I, I like that bulletin board material. Yeah. And I'm just, I, it just cracks me up that you know someone is living rent free well, in somebody's well, head. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. If he did that, Brian, I mean, how many guys did he interview? He only could hire one. The rest of them got that question. They leaked it. Let's go. That's right. So now we bring them on our staff. That's right. We play a little, little game of mall right here. That's, uh, mm. that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Like yeah. we're going with this. That's right. I'm here to break some infractions right now. We're going to get 11 guys Very on interesting staff. how that story yeah. got leaked. Very interesting. It is. But, uh, <laughs> Makes you think. When have we ever heard in East Lansing that happening? And, and I mean, I think 10 and 4 over the last 14 years. Five touchdowns by K-9 probably does that when you had yeah. two bookends who, you know, argu arguably were what, what, number one and would have been a top ten pick. Something, yeah. Something great. Yeah. yeah without and, a doubt. And that's uh, clearly, clearly somebody is in somebody's head. But that's what happens when you're 2-0, right? I mean, I've thought about it every day ever since it's happened. I, I see imagine that. if it happens against you, it ain't much better. So, uh, you, yeah, no, you, no doubt about that. But, yeah, I love that bulletin board material right before the game this year. I well, take that yeah. as disrespect to Peyton Thorne. That's right. They don't believe in your third down offense. They don't right. believe in your third down offense. Jay Johnson, you as well. Harbaugh's interviewing candidates. Does not care about your third down play call, nor about Peyton Thorne's third down ability yep. to complete it and, and move the chains. We, we, we got something next year coming for them. I wouldn't need the ball in first and second down, just sort of like third and 14, just to jam it to him. Like that, Jay Johnson that, is going to let the Ferrari that's rip. That's what they're saying. Exactly. That's exactly, that's what, exactly they're what they're saying. Hey, shut them down on first and second down. They'll be fun. Mm -mm, that's what not, they're saying, Peyton. Not so fast. Nope, Jay Johnson. That, he's going to let the Jets fly this year. That's right. It's going to be just. Oh, that's so interesting to me. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Are we going to Washington? I know you're going, Jason. You got to be. Absolutely. got to go out to the Pacific Northwest, don't we? Do some sailgating out there. I hear that's a big thing. Rent a sailboat. Yeah. Do some tailgating because nothing goes better than, you know, sailing and having to dock a boat after you've had 25 uh, shots of fireball. Like, that's just, <laughs> that's all they do it over there. But, hey, I, I don't know. Maybe they have, like, different game day laws uh, in Seattle than they do here. So I, I watched a game there. It is a beautiful stadium. It looks and overlooking uh, yeah. Lake Washington, I believe it is. It is absolutely gorgeous. It looks great. So It yeah. is absolutely gorgeous. So, uh Real quick, Draymond Green. Let's go. Pride and joy of MSU. Let's Pride go. and joy MSU, Day-Day. Heading to the Western Conference Day -Day. Finals. Congratulations to Day-Day. How we're proud of you. Wall was always, always bleeding green. Draymond Green bleeding green. Hating, hating on that team down the road. Always. And always. Always. Just hates them. <laughs> and he is so proud to be a Spartan. Draymond, definition day -day. of a Spartan dog, right Absolutely. there. Absolutely, real S Spartan dog. SD4L, real Spartan dog. Uh, yep, uh, without question. No question. Yeah, I no. don't know what that ogre. What's that ogre from uh, ESPN that was running his mouth about him? Oh, it wasn't. Perkins. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Perk, yeah. Guys, I didn't Perk, see that. Perk was running his mouth about Draymond. Oh, man, it was a bad look. Bad look, man. Try Surely that will come back to bite Perk. No, of course not. <laughs> wow. Well, anyway, Perk's one last... fella now. Yeah, he is. But, but hey, oh, I ain't worried about Day Day. Day Day's posted up against some pretty big guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, no, I ain't worried about Day Day. He's from the Gnaw. Yeah, he's from the Gnaw. Come on now. He's from the Nasty. He's from the Nasty. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll take him any day. We got to get him on the show. You going to make some calls for us, Jason? We're going to do that. I'm going to handle. I'm handling my ice beer. Yeah. Uh, getting the Chief to unblock. Getting the Chief to unblock, Matt. And make that call, hopefully. Appreciate that. And that has to be an accident. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're gonna you're gonna call Day Day for us. Oh yeah, we got Day Day okay. coming. All right, good. So, one last thing, we want to give a shout out to MSU uh, coach Jackie Joseph, who has retired. Congratulations, Coach Joseph. Best of luck to you. Thank you for your years of service in East Lansing. And uh, that will do it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I am Brian Mosalem, along with my co-host, Jason Strayhorn, and our co-co, another co-host, Matt Sheehan co from Locked On Spartans. What a, what a pleasure it was to have you today. This was a blast. That Thank was, you for uh, having awesome. me. Thank you for joining us. This Good is job. fantastic. Thanks for having me. This is great, man. This We're is, uh, I, I had imposter syndrome. Don't feel like I belong in a place this We're, fancy. This is you. We, you you, you made the show. You absolutely, we don't know what we're doing. Oh, you don't have to lie You're to a me, pro. Man. Come on. Yeah. You're an absolute pro. So <laughs> You guys are the best. Late, ladies and gentlemen, thank, thank you, everybody. Um, good night. God bless and go green. Go white. Put me first to get your attention, wake you up, and get you fired up, all right? Well, we went over there and busted out in the first inning of every game. We know what to do. You guys have been fantastic all weekend. All right, one more day. Atta go! Yeah! Yes! <laughs> Those are game-changing, momentum-ending plays. Great job. Double Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 